what is going on guys it is your boy tkd want you to hear back in here on Playstation source with bringing with wait kev what hello this is the last of us podcast road to part two dedicated to any and all things last of us and last of us part two as we push on towards the last of us part two's release and with me of course my luxurious co-host iraq knight how you doing good sir i'm doing well how are you i'm doing uh I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It it like feels like I just woke up, you know? I woke up like yeah. really late, you know? I was playing that Assassin's Creed Odyssey, you know what I'm saying? I was uh, you know, going around being Alexios, you know what I'm saying, doing my thing. Uh after the Last of Us stream that we did yesterday, uh which we will talk about later on in this episode, but how are you doing good, sir? How are you? Like I've been all right, like okay. busy. Uh like like this is the last stretch of my semester so it's been it's been a little rough but hey we we uh we uh got a little, wait you're not graduating right are you are you uh, no no uh, i'm still working i'm still working through my uh through my degree but mm, mm. i just spent the last two days working for like 10 hours non-stop on uh, just like school worker yeah yeah bro i feel that i feel that i remember those those like crunch times i think the worst crunch time i had um was uh i didn't sleep for like 36 hours uh for like my last yeah like it was uh it was it was interesting i was just grinding out uh a a capstone project we were we were actually we so long story short we developed a game and made a um arcade cabinet for it too that's hype. Yeah, so like we were just la- not like we were behind schedule. We just wanted to up the ante a little bit and figured that like, all right, like if we're gonna do this, I might as well just do it big, you know? Yeah. So we did like the last thirty six hours, just like grind it out uh together and individually, but it was cool. It was cool. So seems like you're in good spirits though. Everything's all good, all things considered. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, the last grind. <laughs> yeah. But what have you been playing, good sir? Uh, I finished Doom Eternal on Ultra Nightmare. Mm, I did see in the Discord you said that you were like really close to beating it, and then you died. Yeah. I think. Oh man. That's oh yeah, no. Um, or... my game crashed, and it it detected that I like died for some reason or something like that. That's even worse. So my save file gets your save file gets deleted when you die. So when I relaunched Doom Eternal to hop into my save, there was no save file. Oh my god, dude. So I had to re, uh, and I was, I was at like, uh, I think I was at uh, Ark at like Samuel Hayden's base when that happened. Uh, oh man! Like right about to fight the Marauder. Mm, I see. Oh, well then that's 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 pretty deep. That's like a yeah, solid few hours into the game. Definitely. Yeah, that's like seventy five percent of the way through. Oh man! So I was like, all right, that sucks. Whatever. Um, so I went all the way through, I played through all one sitting, I lowered my graphics settings so it wouldn't crash again. Right, right. Um, and then I f- barely, barely, I'm talking like five HP at the end of the final boss. Jeez, man. Well, it's good to hear you, uh, persevered. And, yeah. And then uh, they added a, they added a kernel level anti-cheat. So I uninstalled the game right after that. Wait, they installed the what? Uh, so they added de novo, I, pr- I believe it's pronounced, uh, okay. anti-cheat for battle mode, uh-huh. and it has kernel level access. And in layman's terms, it has ring zero, which is administrator access to your computer. Oh, 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 okay, that's that's interesting. Yeah, huh. it's a, it's invasive. Yeah, like, uh, no, for I know. Sure. 
I know Valorant did that. So, and it leaves your computer super vulnerable when the game is running. Yeah. So I I had installed Doom Eternal right after I finished Ultra Nightmare. Is that like a common thing in, in modern games? Like for PC no. Games? no, no. There's such a stigma against it, and for like for all the right reasons, I believe. Like I don't feel comfortable having something that invasive on my computer. No, I mean I can the, I can definitely yeah. imagine. Yeah. I can yeah, it's imagine. a security breach. Like it <laughs> yeah. feels it's. It's it's not very comfortable to have. I don't like it. After installing Doom Eternal, I tried playing something else, and I had to like restart my computer because it's that invasive. Like, Interesting. Un yeah, uninstalling the program and then trying to do anything on your computer without restarting it messes it up. Is there a way you could like play Doom Eternal like offline and and like would that help alleviate the issue or is there just like no no safe way to do it? I guess uh, it it came with uh, the up the first update. So you had to install it, or you couldn't like do much with Doom Eternal. Interesting. Interesting. So I updated. I always leave my launchers open. Right. Right. So it it installed like just with it open. Hmm. So um, yeah. So I just left it open, and it installed, and and then I read about the anti cheat, but I was so close to finishing Ultra Nightmare, so I was like, I'll just finish this last push. Right. And then say my goodbyes to Doom Eternal for now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I hate to see it. That's yeah. that's tragic. That's tragic. Well, they're removing it now, I believe. Oh, really? Still. Okay, so they are like going back on the whole kernel thing, and yeah, yeah. I mean, I could definitely see the outreach for sure. I could definitely see. Yeah, it. no, yeah. it has been prolific. Yeah, how people have been upset about it. Absolutely, for sure, for sure, for sure. But uh, anything else you've been playing besides Doom Eternal and and dodging doom eternals uh yeah <laughs> access to that. your computer <laughs> yeah uh the original final fantasy 7 Ooh, very interesting I'm, I'm really glad you played something like this because uh because i got one of the games that are that are related in some shame shape form or fashion but uh yeah i um i'm going like i'm going on a small trip not like not anywhere like populated it's just like a cabin in right like, yeah, it's just like a cabin in the woods. But uh, I'm going there for the weekend next weekend with my family, which nice. is like a small, yeah, just my immediate family. Nice. And um, I was like, hey, I'm going to be stuck there. Like, I love my family. I love spending time with them. But I also want to play some, I want to play something while I'm there. That's true. That's true. So I was like, all right. And I bought Final Fantasy VII on the Switch. Mm. Oh, really? Okay, it's so on the Switch. Interesting. Yeah. Games. Okay, interesting. I, I mean, I am eventually going to play the original Final Fantasy, but Christian has always told me to get the PS4 version because on the PS4 version, you can, like, I guess, speed up certain things to make the game go by a little bit more quicker, I believe is how he kind of told me. And it really, like, cuts down the, like, the grind time yeah 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 l l like it's not like you're like missing anything from the original experience it's just speeding things up uh to a to a certain degree i'm not sure what exactly like that entails because i haven't seen it firsthand but um i would also probably get it on ps4 because you know trophy support of course wait yeah no. the is there trophies on the, on the original Final i believe uh, there's there are achievements on steam okay yeah so, so it has to be, there would be yeah yeah so. yeah, yeah but yeah. but um yeah, no, and just like playing through some Spider-Man PS4. Mm, you gotta love it. You gotta love it. So coming off of the remake, like, are you enjoying OG Final Fantasy VII? Like, have you gone past the Midgar stuff, or are you still in it? Or 
Uh, no, I uh, I just barely started. Oh, okay, so like, you just barely. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, no, I I didn't want to get too into it because, like I said, I've been grinding that schoolwork, and I right. know if I get into it, it's gonna be so hard to not. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I feel that. So well, I'm waiting until I'm done, and then yeah. I'm just gonna go like full in, and then I'm gonna try and get Crisis Core. Speaking of Arachnite, so I haven't actually told anyone this yet. So you're going to be the first one to know about this. You know what I'm saying? Because I talk Christian, listen, I'm going to tell you I, on JoyClick's Gamescast, which gets uploaded, I mean, gets recorded right after this show. You know what I'm saying? So you're, 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 wow, Kevin, you're right. You're about to get the exclusive here. You know what Ooh. I'm saying? So, uh, you know, so I was, I was, I was looking around, right? I really wanted to play Crisis Core, right? Right. There's a few avenues I could have gone. Um, uh, one of them being I could have hacked my Vita, right? Now, I'm not saying I did, because I really didn't, because I actually didn't, right? And right. The, But the only reason why I didn't was because I have a Mac, and Ooh. there isn't a stable way from what at least I've done my research on to hack the Vita with a Mac when the Vita's running 3.73, which is the latest firmware, right? So I was like, okay, you know what? Honestly, I was kind of feeling a little bit more uncomfortable with the notion of hacking my Vita. You know what I'm saying? I would like to keep my Vita, you know, on an operating standpoint as stable as possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I still love that king, right? Right. And then, um, you know, I, I was just exploring different ways I could I could get my hands on 587 Crisis Core. Yeah. I went on eBay. I saw a PSP 3000. Oh. For eighty dollars, <laughs> a nice gray one. I could have bought a used copy of Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, but I got a brand slick new one. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. And uh, those came in on a Monday night, and I am in love, Arachnite. I am. Ooh. Oh man. Oh man. It felt so good to hold a PSP again. And honestly, like you can really tell, like if if anyone really wants to argue, like from a hardware standpoint, how much better the Vita is the PSP, like it is clear. You know what I'm saying? Like it is it is clear. You know, like the like night and day. Night and day. The Vita is not just a copy paste of, of the PSP with a touchscreen. That's absolutely not at all the mantra. You know, as I've heard a right. lot before. You know what I'm saying? Like the over, like it feels so much better to hold a Vita ergonomically as opposed to the PSP. You know what I'm saying? But the 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 PSP is worse, but it's tolerable, right? Yeah, well of course it's older. But yeah. like we can appreciate the development. Oh, precisely. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and man dude, like like hearing that PSP boot up sound. Yeah. Oh yeah. my dude, I'm getting so much nostalgia, bro. Like, oh man. Like I loved and like I I really forgot like how much the PSP was a part of my childhood. Cause like I I know I played more of the PSP Go, right? That archaic right. device that is actually unusable to this day because they took off the PS sensor for the PSP. Yikes. So if you if if you have a PSP Go, you're only stuck with the games that are downloaded on that memory card. You can't get new ones because the PS store is down for the for the PSP. So I, I thought that was yeah, pretty yeah. Interesting as well, because I was leaning on getting a PSP Go, you know. Right. But unfortunately, you know, stuck with the PSP, yeah. which is fine though. PSP is a fine device. 
but speaking a little bit more. Oh, one last thing. My bad. So when I got Crisis Core, right, I opened the packaging, brand new, and lo and behold, Arachnite. Yeah. There was a game manual in Ooh. the case. And let me tell you something, bro. I got so happy. I was like, oh, 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 oh. we struck gold here, boys. Like, this is tremendous. That's like brand new. Dude, I read through that. Oh, man. It was so nice to have a game manual, bro. It felt so cool. Oh, uh, cause I remember obsessing over my game manuals on PS2, man. Like I would, I would read the game manuals whenever I couldn't. So long story short, I was not allowed to play console, you know, PlayStation 2. I was not allowed to play console during the school week, right? So yeah. if it was a school night, I could not play it. Which, if you guys are doing the math, that means I could play Friday and Saturday. <laughs> yeah, two days a week. Yeah, two days a week, right? But 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 the PSP was fair game. PSP, it was whenever. I don't know why they made that difference, but who knows what my parents were thinking. I don't know. But uh, whenever I couldn't play the PS2, I would always just read the manuals and obsess over the games that I wanted to play, you know? Yeah. Um. So it was really cool to see that. And getting in the Crisis Core, Crisis Core is really cool, man. Yeah, it's super cool. It is a really cool game. I'm, I'm like, shocked that, like, Obviously, yeah, you know, the graphics are dated, of course. It's 2007. It's on PSP. You know what I'm saying? So, obviously, like, visually speaking, you know, not the most impressive thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. I thought it was pretty impressive for the time. You know, like, yeah, it, no. it it didn't look that bad. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm learning more about Shinra and the soldier division within Shinra. I'm learning about characters uh, uh, like, um, oh, my God. Zach? Yeah, of course our protagonist is Zach. You know we have, I think his name's A- Angel. I don't think it's Angel. Yeah. It's Angel, and then oh my god, uh, they're making copies of this. Oh Genesis, yes, they're like making yeah, copies yeah, yeah. of Genesis. Like, and I think something that is a big thing that I didn't know about Sephiroth until this game, and you probably learn later on in Final Fantasy VII. Is that Sephiroth is a soldier? Yeah, no, oh, yeah. Sephiroth, Sephiroth, no, that's talked about in the remake. Sephiroth was it is? the soldier. Yeah, he's the soldier. He's a he's a war hero. Okay, why did I not get that from the game? Yeah, I don't know what like, I don't know what was happening with me. Like I was like, oh, huh? Like I didn't realize because I thought Sephiroth was just like this opposing force. I I didn't realize that like he. No, yeah, Sephiroth was the reason Cloud wanted to join Soldier. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Well, did not. I guess I skipped over that in remake. Not sure what happened there. Not sure how I missed that out of my 42 hours of gameplay in the remake. Who knows? But uh, it's really cool, man. It's such a great like system overall. Uh, you know, getting back into the material system again has been great on like a mobile standpoint. Um, I do like the way like the combat works actually. You know, where it is def it, it it's like. Hmm. If if you were to say that the remake combat system, right, is right. a mix of live action combat and turn based combat, but it's leaning, I think maybe ever so slightly more towards live combat. You know, I guess yeah, is no. what I would say. Like, like a a little bit more, right? It's the it's the inverse of the remake combat, where it's a little bit more on turn based, but they're both pretty similar. You know. Like, That's what I like, to hear. like, like there, you, 
you won't feel like really uh you know bogged down by the by the crisis core combat system like it's definitely familiar enough to in terms of the remake like like it's definitely playable you know what i'm saying it's not like it's not playable um uh and you switch through your different materia and the fight which is to just do like hack and slash on your uh sword uh via the lnr triggers on the psp so it's really a nice way to like like change it on the fly as opposed to the remake when you had to you know press x go into the active time battle thing and the whole menu and select what you want to do like it's it's a lot more easier to to switch between different abilities and materia on crisis core you know well didn't didn't in the remake didn't you use like tactical mode by hitting l1 during combat sections i meant that yeah i meant that yeah, yeah i meant like you go into attack you know like how you go into tactical mode then you go into the menus pick which move you want to do and stuff like that or which spell etc um in the pc version it, it's a lot more just streamlined to just like all right like they understand that this is a this is like a mobile standpoint and things kind of got to move like a little bit quickly i feel like in terms of menus you know and it's just great um also there's like a mail system where you get emails uh from different people and uh company-wide emails within uh shinra and and like you get more lore of that like it's 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 been really really cool it's been a really really cool experience uh i'm loving the game and uh yeah i might get a oh one quick thing before we uh, change topics you know the crucible from doom eternal i do i do uh i bought it wait what yeah no i found uh, somebody who bought uh who makes uh replicas of the crucible that's hot yeah i got yeah i got a display and the crucible oh man that's well i mean look arachnite i will listen i will throw it back to you look here i do have another psp right bet i have my day one psp right so but but here's the thing there's no charger and there's no battery and there's a memory card right but i did you know what actually let me tell you this so i did make a list on on amazon Hypothetically speaking, if I were to revive this PSP, yeah, right, like how much would it cost to get it up and running? Right, let me let me yeah. pull up this list because I could propose an offer to just give you the PlayStation Portable, and then if you want to do your due diligence and spend, yeah, whopping, let's see what we got. You'd be spending 15, so 26, about 30 dollars. Uh, yeah, I'll take it around 30, 35 dollars. Or if you want, honestly, so the one that I'm not using is my day one PSP, right? Mm-hmm. So I am proposing that I give you the PSP 3000, the newer one I got off of eBay. Really? And just throw that to you. If my uh, if my like OG PSP works, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So, I'll buy it off of you, like. Yeah, or I mean, like, I mean, like, I don't mind. Like, I'll just give it to you, whatever. Like. Like it's fine, it's fine. Um, but yeah, if you want to do that, I'm sure we can do a little slippy swappy. You know that way you yeah. can uh, have it. But yeah, road just road to crisis core. Road, <laughs> road to crisis core. <laughs> yeah, because the battery on Amazon's going for eleven nineteen with free shipping, and then the charger is going for eight dollars, and a sixteen gig memory card is going for fifteen. You probably don't even need sixteen gigs, honestly. You probably get even like a smaller memory card if you want yeah. to. To be honest. But, um, and then Crash's Core are going on eBay for like 30, 40, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a, Bad. but yeah, I've been loving Crash's Core a lot. Very, very fun. 
20 minutes into the show. Let's get talking into, about Final Fantasy. <laughs> let's get into the first topic. This is, of course, Road to Part Two, the weekly podcast series revolving around Last of Us and Last of Us Part Two as we get ever so closer to The Last of Us Part Two. And we got a few topics here to talk about before we get to the recap talk about uh, this week's sections, which is the suburbs and Tommy's Dam, which we have both played, of course, and I've streamed. If you've missed that, there's a VOD uploaded to the channel. If you missed that. But I want to get into, I want to start light and then we'll go heavy. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's right with you. So let's talk about The Last of Us 2 PS4 Pro Bundle. So this got announced via a little trailer, a pretty cool trailer. You know, just some cuts of trailers that we've seen in the past, revealing the console ever so gracefully over the course of that trailer. So uh, it's like a gray design and you are seeing, you know, uh, the trailer right now on screen if you're watching on VOD so you can just ignore my description but it's gonna be $400 PS4 Pro bundle comes with the game comes with a custom PS4 Pro console as well as the controller it's like a gray type of gunmetal type of color which is yeah I think really nice looking um I don't like the last was part two logo being on one of on the middle sandwich of the PS4 Pro if you will like on like the yeah. meat I don't love that placement of that. I would have rather it be, I don't know, like like maybe on the top of the PS4. Honestly, I don't even like the logo on the touchpad, to oh, be honest no, with you. I, I think the logo is really invasive. I just think that – on which one? On the controller or on the PS4? Both, both. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't like the logos. Like, I think you could have gotten away with putting The Last of Us Part Two on the opposite corner of the PlayStation logo on the top of the PS4 Pro, if that makes at all sense. Like, if you're laying the PS4 Pro, like, horizontally speaking, like, flat, you know, in the very yeah. top of it, how they have the PlayStation logo on the top, I guess, left-hand corner of the PS4 Pro when you're looking at it straight up, like, front ways if it's laying flat. And I would have put the logo maybe on the bottom right-hand corner. I honestly wouldn't have put the logo. I mean... If they wanted to, I would have rather not have a logo as well. Yes, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I would rather just not. I just don't like that placement of it there. And the controller one looks honestly worse to me. I think that just looks tacky. Like Yeah. Like, the first one that comes to mind on, like, good, like, custom PS4s is the uh, Spider-Man PS4. Fire. Fire. Like, I, I was in love with that console. I didn't have a job, so I couldn't afford it. Fire. I mean, not fire, but, you know. You hate to hear that. Hate to no, see but um, I, I loved how the Spider-Man PS4 looked. Like, I would have bought that in a heartbeat. Yeah, my cousin and my best friend have it. So I get to see it on a pretty regular basis, and it's it, it it's stunning, bro. It is such a good such a good console. So, so such good looking. It, but, like, sorry, yeah, minimal. No, I'm sorry. I was, I was just going to say is, like, I feel like, less is more in regards to console designs like mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be extra it doesn't need to be like oh we know what we bought like we know the game that we bought it like yeah we don't really need to see like all that like oh last of us part two like we like we know yeah it would look a lot cleaner with with without the logos you're right because like you know to speak of like the main design point is the uh redoing of ellie's tattoo on her arm with the flower, well, no, sorry, uh, with like the butterfly, excuse me, and like the, I guess like, 
they're not really palm trees, but like the branches with the leaves in it. I don't know what you would call that. They 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 look similar to palm trees, kinda. I guess that could be way off. Like I don't know. Just the just the the like flower type of like branches with leaves type thing with the butterfly. You know, I think that looks amazing on this console. You know, and yeah. I want to see like it honestly looks like it's engraved. I really doubt it, but it almost looks like it's engraved, right? Yeah, Am I tripping? No. Is it? No, I, I believe. It might be a uh, like a shiny reflective material like uh, on PS4. Right. Yeah, but it would be it would be much nicer, like I, I don't know, like higher quality if it were engraved. But it I don't know. It also feels weird if you run your hand over the console and there are little divots. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know. I just I just think either way. I mean, either way, whether it's like a reflective design or like an indent, like an actual like engraving type of deal it looks beautiful i think that design looks great and it's such a great way to like emphasize that hey part two like is you know you're playing as ellie you know what i'm saying like there's more emphasis on ellie uh oh hey, my bad i forgot to even mention as well they announced uh a partnership with seagate and they are releasing hard drives um that oh, yeah yeah which is actually really funny because considering that last of us part two is 100 gigs so it's like hey like you know and hey, you're gen- gonna need this <laughs> yeah like, you're probably gonna need this you know what i'm saying um that and the uh limited edition playstation uh wireless headset as well has lots see i love the last of us part two logo on the headset i think that looks great i don't understand why they would put the lead design on the inside of the headband on the headset because like why you know like like when, when you're wearing it it's covered <laughs> like i don't know i don't so so overall some questionable decisions in terms of design but i think overall like it looks pretty good you know minus the logos i think the ps4 pro would would, would look amazing as well as the controller um the hard drive logo placement looks a little bit tacky but i mean I don't know. Like, I don't look for an aesthetically pleasing hard drive, you know, per se. So I guess that can pass. Uh, But, yeah. So if you want to purchase that, that is uh, actually, I'm looking right now on Amazon. It's actually 300. Oh, wait, no. Sorry. 350 pounds. Excuse me. So that's probably uh, $400 USD. Um, And, uh, yeah. So you can cop those if you you need some hardware for uh, part two. I think a big question that I, I believe you posed in the discord is that like you know who's actually gonna buy this at this point besides like collectors yeah you know considering that we're about to get ps5 in november or october whatever the date is winter 2020 uh you know so holiday 2020 so yeah yeah i mean yeah it's an expensive hobby it is it's an expensive hobby <laughs> very much so but uh and just some more prices here the so, ooh, so the Last of Us Part Two hard drive from Seagate is two terabytes, so a very nice, substantial hard drive. You gotta love it. Yeah. Um, and the headset cost ninety nine dollars, so so a hundred bucks for the headset, and the uh hard drive will cost you ninety dollars if you want to cop that as well. So pretty cool stuff there. And also, you can buy the Last of Us Part Two controller separately as well if you yeah. to, so i could see someone buying the controller you know 
Yeah, like Owen. Didn't he buy it? I think he did. I think he did. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. He did. And now he'll have two lots of controllers, yeah. which is wild. You know, he'd be out here chilling, doing his thing. You got to love it. You got to love it. But the next thing we got this week is uh, I actually didn't realize last week that this was going to be a four-part thing that they're doing leading up to part two. But it's true. So the, like, last was part two inside the, you know, separate thing, uh, depending on the week, is going to be an in-depth episodic you know look at the development of of last of us um as we lead on to part two so last week was inside the story some pretty cool stuff there not really a lot to take home about from that one but this one for the, for this week we got inside the gameplay which showed a lot of juicy gameplay that uh me and you definitely liked so i guess asking you like you like just watched it what are your like overall kind of like top level you know thoughts about inside the gameplay I love a good dodge mechanic. <laughs> like, um, I love games with like, I don't like where it rewards like good reaction time. Right, right. Like, where, like it. I love games that do that. Like, um, obviously the Arkham games with the counters, Spider-Man PS4 with the perfect dodges. Mm-hmm. Um. RE3 with those perfect dodges. Yep. Like, I love mastering dodge mechanics. I yeah. don't know why. It's fun to me. Like, I, I had a good time with RE3's dodge mechanic. Mm-hmm. It just, like... Uh, I, I'm excited to learn about that. The, um, the advancement in mobility after playing Part 1 again compared to um, what we've seen in Part 2 on these uh inside the you know whatever it, the everything looks so much more fluid yes it's it's remarkable like um i i not too long ago i finished playing through the uncharted games and i played uncharted 4 and lost legacy and the the difference in mobility was noticeable however not as significant from what i've noticed when in, in regards to part one compared to part two yeah because in part one it felt kind of tanky at times definitely definitely felt stiff definitely felt tanky yes yes yeah. but in part two from what we've seen ellie is dodging weaving in between tight corners uh going prone like uh aiming aiming while on the ground like hopping in and out of cover it, it feels a lot more fluid and I hope that well that means a lot more hectic because like I'm a I, I play Doom. I like I like fast paced combat. Right. I also love stealth games. And that's where The Last of Us comes in that like beautiful middle spot. Yeah. Like like Uncharted Four did that. Um The Last of Us Part One did that to a degree. I like being able to I like having uh, options in how I'd like to uh, attack a situation. Right. And if I feel like going like all out, like guns blazing, I like a good dodge mechanic. Mm. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I think you said it very, very just took the words of my mouth. Like overall, like, you know, they do talk a lot about how like they're kind of like in the world explanation to the gameplay feeling more fluid than last was part one. You know what I'm saying? Is that you're playing as Ellie, obviously a, I believe 19 year old. Yeah. Cause yeah. she's 14. Yeah. So a 19 year old girl, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, you're not playing as the 40, 50 year old man that Joel was, you know, 
So you're definitely going to be like a lot less uh, tanky stiff. and yeah, stiff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So definitely like it makes sense story wise, but it looks great, man. And I think like one of the biggest things that I took away from this for sure is seeing a little bit more of combat with the infected um, and seeing some more like like scavenging um, as well throughout the game. Like the the scavenging, you know, isn't going to be like the most groundbreaking change, I'm presuming. But like it was nice to see a little bit more of like, all right, like what does the game look like when you're playing? You know what I'm saying? Like besides like cutscenes, besides like scripted QTEs, besides, you know, cutscenes and different stuff like that. Like, like what does the game look like when you're prepping to go into one of those things? You know, yeah. and I'm glad that we got a little bit more of it. Um, it looks great. You know, I mean, obviously, but uh, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely be because the only like person that I really heard talk about part two from a gameplay perspective, like them like actually playing it was Greg Miller of kind of funny. And he was saying that like it feels as silky smooth and as t like honed in and as in control as it looks like for sure, you know, so I can't. Yeah, it looks it looks great. Also. I think you mentioned this. I'm not sure, but being able to prone as well, I think that could mean that could mean a lot of like really really cool ways of engaging certain aspects of of Alasis Part Two as well. So, uh, yeah, no, something I'm curious about. Like, I doubt it, but still interesting. It's like, is there a way to sneak around combat sections? Ooh, and like not even engage. Yeah, interesting. I wonder. Like, I wonder. Yeah, I know. Like, Dishonored. Well, Dishonored is a dedicated stealth game, but there are like you can play through the game without killing anybody, which I don't expect to do here by any means. But it's like you can avoid most combat sections right. just by playing more carefully, yeah. which is something that I'd like to see explored. But I also understand why that might not be an option. But It'd be interesting, but it's not like a oh I want to see this. It's like if they do it, great. If not, then well I you have a bone arrow for a reason. Like yeah, you, you. very very true. Yeah. yeah, and and I forget if this little tidbit was was said in the docu series inside the gameplay. I believe is what we got this info from, but it's been making the rounds this week that they said that there would be certain. Uh, you know story threads that you don't even see the first time you play the game That like there will be like certain aspects that like are I think are dependent on like a choice That you won't be able to see the full game with with one playthrough Which is interesting as well You know, mm. yeah, how do you I guess like how, how do you feel about it because like I, I Imagine it's like a, like hey you can go down, you know a tunnel or B tunnel and even though a tunnel and be a tone lead to the same thing. Maybe there's like certain like little like story bits, like uh, for example, the story of Ish. You know what I'm saying? In yeah. the uh, in the section of the sewers and suburbs that we will certainly talk about this episode. You know, like maybe you miss out on certain things like that. You know, but what do you think? I want to see what they do with that because a lot of the times, like I respect the ambition. I I like of uh encouraging multiple scenarios like i respect the ambition mm -hmm. but a lot of like if not done well it makes it seem hollow and where you could have put that attention somewhere else yeah yeah so 
it's I'm I'm excited to see what that means. But like um a, a good example also a bad example is like an example of a done well and poorly is uh Telltale. Mm. Because uh in Telltale's heyday you honestly had no idea whether or not a choice was going to mean anything. Right. Or if it was going to have uh, significant ramifications. Like, in, in this regard, it's on um, path A, path B, or however they implement these choices. Yeah. But, like, for a specific example, uh, in season three, it's a, it's a three-year-old, well, it's a three-year-old season. Sorry about the spoiler. But, like, uh, Conrad. And, and I think episode two, um, if you choose to spare Conrad, and in episode three, if you don't, if you give Conrad the gun, he survives. Hmm. Uh, if you don't give him the gun, he dies. Just a, and, and it's not played off like a major, like, you have to choose right now. It's, do you want to give him the gun or not? And then, and then that's it. Like just a small choice having ramifications in a character death. But I assume Last of Us Part Two won't be that in depth with choices because it's linear has a has a negative connotation to it, but a like a linear based story because yeah. it's you're you're progressing through the story naturally. It's not a choice based game. That's that's what I mean by linear. Right, right. But I don't expect that kind of level of depth. But it would be interesting to see. Yeah, I think at most like we'll we'll miss out on like little like side things like the story yeah. and stuff like that. Like it's definitely gonna be sad. Like it's not like there'll be a huge component to the main story that we won't understand, you know, because uh, we didn't do X or Y in the first playthrough or whatever. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Well, links below in the description if you want to check out the Last of Us PS4 Pro bundle as well as Last of Us Part Two inside the gameplay docu series. So that's pretty cool. That uh that you can check that out down below in the description. Also, it's pretty timely that they're rolling this out while we're doing our recap series, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just timely, timely. But yeah. let's get right into it. Of course, we are doing the Last of Us replay series on the stream series as well on the channel, where every Wednesday I am going through the given section uh on stream live for you guys to watch for your enjoyment. If you don't have access to the game somehow or just want to see me, you know, play the game. Sure, why not? Um and we talk about it on the Road to Part 2 episode that goes up Friday of that week. So this week, we played the sewers technically as well as the suburbs and Tommy's Dam. And man, just to like briefly just like talk about this section, uh, very, very short section. Very, definitely flew by, you know. Um, but also, it ends at a point that, man, you... Oh, you don't want to put down the controller. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, oh, I just want to go into that university and, and, and get that whole thing. But we will save that for next week. So going in, uh, we come off of, uh, you know, Henry saving Joel from jumping off the bridge in Pittsburgh. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And uh, and we are going into the tunnels on this, like, I guess, like, outskirts island type thing. I'm not really sure what it is geography wise you know what i'm saying uh but, but yeah so i well because i do want to tackle like the story of ish very very lightly throughout this whole thing uh but you get his first letter 
you know, on that same island where you wake up after Henry saving you on his crash ship. And this really cool story of Ish, if you guys don't know about it, you just didn't pick up any of the letters that were there because it's not said dialogue-wise. It's just all purely just based on, like, letters that you find throughout the level of the sewers and the suburbs as well. Um, and you first find his letter in that crash ship as well. He was apparently just out at sea. He was trying to avoid the pandemic and all that good stuff and the infected. So he just wanted to just be out at sea, just chilling, you know. And then uh, he, he, he comes back and he sees that it is hell on earth, literally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But going in... Oh, so then he decides to make refuge inside the sewers, you know. Um, but but going in, how did you feel about the sewer section? Just like overall top level stuff and then we can go into it, you know, step by step, you know. There are a lot of sewers in games. A lot of sewers in games, man. Resident Evil uh, was like, the one I remember most most recently <laughs> but. yeah there's a there's a like both resident evil 2 and 3 and both have uh, sewers in them yeah yeah uh like a lot of sewers like uh spider-man has sewers uh, doom had a sewer it's true uh resident evil 2 and 3 had sewers postal has sewers shout out to sewers man shout out to sewers. yeah shout out to sewers like um it's there. There are a lot of sewers. It's a uh, kind of we've kind of seen a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a YouTuber I watch, Civi uh, Eleven, who does a lot of like Doom and Postal videos and stuff like that. Like, um, he has a joke called Sewer Count, where he does the amount of sewers that you see in games. <laughs> oh, uh, right. We're at a lot of sewers. Definitely, but. Does this rank amongst like the top of the sewers, like in terms of like your personal uh, sewer ranking and gaming <laughs> that you have? Um, honestly, no. Oh snap! So you, so you, I mean, this this section isn't like the greatest. I feel like either, you know, it's 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 not like it's the weakest and like an S tier game, which means it's still pretty good, right? But it's not. It's it's definitely not as good as we've seen. Yeah, like the the rest of the game, like. I definitely feel like this part of summer is my least favorite part of the game. It really? Yeah, like... Um, no, wait, I guess I can see that. I was a little bit shocked when you said that, but I guess I can kind of see that. No, I, just like this small part. Right. Oh, like just just the sewerage part specifically? Yeah, like yeah, just I like agree. this little segment until we get into like, um, for lack of a better phrase, the big kahuna of summer yeah yeah like yeah. this part is a little slow uh right. for yeah for a while but that's okay yeah so it's, been a, that. it's been a lot of game yeah like i mean like i just thought it was really cool like with the like sewer part mainly because you get to see like how different people dealt with the pandemic you know what i'm saying like some yeah. like join join the fireflies you know and try to do that cause some just remained under martial law like the, like we saw in Boston, some became like scavengers and like people that were pretty much like bounties, like not bounty hunters, like killing people. But I guess sometimes, but like, you know, just doing jobs for certain people for rations like um, Joel and Tess, you know. And then we have these people here that have we actually have two instances of this where like they try to bunker down a specific area in the hopes 
to find some normalcy amongst the chaos, you know? Yeah. Like, I think, like, it's very, very, very cool. Like, he's seeing how, like, within the um, level of the underground, you know, place that we were at, there's, like, classrooms there, and there's kids stuff because there were, like, a bunch of kids under in and around this whole area, and there was stuff like that. So, like, like I, I thought that was pretty cool. But I think where I think, like, the Subarus part kind of fails, in my opinion, is that, like, when you think back to the basement in the hotel in Pittsburgh, right? Like, that yeah. felt more of, like, what the sewers should have felt like to me. Like, I think, like, the, the sewers should have been more of, like, had more, like, horror-esque sprinkles in it, you know? And be a little yeah. bit more, like, terrifying, you know? Because, like, the sewers isn't at all really that scary, you know? Like, there's a lot of infected there, but it's never, like, delivered in the way that I would imagine a sewer level would be delivered like in. Horror. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you know, like, turn off the lights a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe, like, have some weird-looking, like, red lights. You know? I don't know. Like, maybe I'm tripping, but, like, I just was looking for, like, if I'm going to go into the sewers in a pandemic, right? Like, trying to cut through it. Like, I imagine it'd be, you know, the same level of, like, at least try to like have a have a atmosphere being a little bit more tense like yeah in the uh um like in the basement of the hotel you know that's I, what like, i thought but yeah no i like i i don't feel like last of us never really like this i don't know if this is a hot take or not but it's when i think last of us like i don't think tension i don't think anything like that i think the infected is just a backdrop to the larger human oriented story but like i kind of want more tension in my post-apocalyptic game like um it, it doesn't really feel very tense at least in my opinion even in the section that we played in the last section like it never really feels tense right because it's um God, the sniper section uh, like where you're defending Ellie, Sam, and Henry. Yeah, it's like even that was like I get infinite ammo, uh, and I can just fire away, shoot at everything until they get here. Like it, it never really feels tense, and it never really feels. I I, I don't know how to phrase it without it, sounding like like oh I'm good at games. No, like, I like totally get what you're saying. Like especially yeah. I feel like there's like more. Of a point you made when we get to that section where you're defending, uh, you know, Henry, Sam, and Ellie from the, uh, you know, men of David and then the infected as well. Like that one feels a little bit like more gamey, in my opinion, yeah. which is like, I like if you're gonna double down on like the realism of this world, you know, and like double down on the like grimness and, and all that, like to have like a section where you have unlimited ammo. <laughs> And you're literally just sniping from a like dedicated post. Like it, it's definitely like a, a very, a, a very video exactly like a very like video game, you know, type of part where it's like, eh, like I don't know, that one didn't work for me either. But why we're skipping ahead pretty much of the sewers because like it's a very short section. You know, there's there's a really cool moment where, um, you know, the group gets split up, where it's Henry and Ellie. And then Joel and Sam, and then like Henry screams to Joel, like you better protect him, and like you, you know what I'm saying, like 
it's it's a moment where like both men have to trust each other and their abilities to protect the other's kid. Yeah. You know, which I think was like a really cool like setup, you know. Um as well. But uh yeah, n- not much else. We get the story of Ish. We we see that, you know, there was a lot of people in the sewers and there were a lot of kids there as well and they were setting up like classrooms and everything and like there was a really 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 sad drawing that one of the kids drew of um Kyle who we who, who we learn about uh, a little bit later and Ish being like I guess the main two like protectors of this settlement you know and like they were right. like the like men men that would like you know guard I guess or some however they want to phrase it but like it's so heartbreaking cuz then later on you realize that uh, there was a door that wasn't properly locked in the sewers, and in fact, they got in. The whole place got overrun, and um, a lot of people died. Yeah, so like that, is, you know, a big RIP in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then um, we actually get the ending of Isha's story as we leave the sewers uh, and go into the suburbs. So this is where we get like a really cool section where like we get a lot more of uh you know Sam and Ellie talking and asking questions about the world before the pandemic, you know. And like there was a really cool bit of like the Ashkim truck, you know, where like Ellie thinks it's so alien and so weird that there were ice cream trucks that that drove around neighborhoods to sell ice cream to kids, you know. Like and like played like and played weird but Joel says like weird, creepy music, you know. He's right. He is right. Like I didn't really, I I wouldn't have called Ice Cream Truck music creepy until like I actually recalled it. And I was like, yeah, it definitely sounds pretty creepy. Definitely sounds pretty creepy. Um, but the last bit that we get of Ish is um in a house where Ish says that you know a a small subsect of the group survived with him. And uh, they're just going to see how, you know, and we don't really get any more explanation as to where they go from here. And just like the I did want to just talk about the sort of ish because like it is a like not like a big deal from like a general standpoint. But like a lot of people love the story of ish and like love that type of, you know, story thread across different layers and stuff like that. So and I, I, I hope we get some some word about him in part two you know or just yes yeah, see, see like some development yeah like i mean i i have a theory that like i feel like it's a little bit too on the nose and too like you know uh what's the word like too convenient of a, of a, of a thing to happen but i would love to see like you know ish at tommy's settlement you know like somehow some way they made it to tommy's settlement you know I think I think I, that'd be cool. Yeah. But that just seems like a little bit too like on the nose. Like, oh like of course they made the Tommy settlement, you know? But who knows? Who knows? Uh but we get into the suburbs, you know. Uh how do you feel about the suburbs overall? Like, what are your thoughts on it? You know, and if you wanna just talk a little bit more about the super video gaming section, you know, feel free. Uh, again, like, I think this is my least favorite part of the game. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, um, there are, like, I don't know. It feels harsh. There are some sections in games that I wish I could just skip. Right. 
Um, like, for example, Final Fantasy VII had the uh, arm crane things with Aerith. Yeah. I would I would skip those again. Yeah. Mass Effect had the Mako. I would skip all that again. Uh, and uh, Last of Us has this section, like this small little section. I'm I'm grateful that it's not very long. Like the the whole from beginning to end of this uh, segment for the uh, for this episode it was like two hours. Yeah, it's like two hours flat. You know, in yeah. in contrast to the previous episode, which was like a solid like three and a half almost four hour chunk you know so yeah yeah so it's just like it if i could skip it i would because the only significant thing that happens happens off screen Mm, yeah that's a very good point yeah yeah like um i don't feel like anything thematically or narratively is lost because uh i don't know like uh, you could say, oh, Henry got grabbed when he and Joel were in the sewers, but Joel saved him immediately, and it still wasn't enough. Right, right. Like, you throw that in, you skip this little segment, and then you see what happens with Henry and Sam. Yeah. Uh, and so, oh, no, Sam gets grabbed. Did I say that? I, I think you said Sam, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe so. If not, then, you know, Sam. But, um, and then there you go. You show development of Joel's character, like a little, a little failure on his part, because so far, like, he hasn't really, he, he hasn't been kind, but he also hasn't screwed anything up. Right, right. Like, and to 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 err is human. Like, to make mistakes is human. And I feel like a mistake like that would kind of humanize Joel in the eyes of the character. Like, oh yeah. We all say, like, everybody says, like, oh, yeah, in an apocalypse, I'd be super chill and figure everything out, especially after 20 years. But I don't think anybody in this world is used to it. Yeah, right, right. So, it, like, it it shows a little, uh, like, humanization. Like, oh, Henry lost Sam. Ellie is important to me. I need to do better than I did for Sam. Right, right. Like... Overall, like, you're absolutely right. Like, from the suburbs in the section when you're down in the sewers, you know, like, there's not really a lot that happens as pertinent as opposed to the last thing that we will talk about probably here on after I'm done talking about this a little bit. But, like, honestly, like, I feel like, yeah, like, the, the only two things that these parts really, like, feed into the overall story, I guess you, you, you want to say, or, like, the, the main point of these, you know, things is, like, showing how different people reacted to the pandemic, you know? Um, we then see a little bit more of, like, contextual, like, storytelling with Ellie asking questions about the world before, you know? Um, and we, like, did did you catch that moment of Ellie and Sam playing darts? Yes. See, like, I thought that was a little bit, you know, showing that, like, hey, like, at the end of the day, you know, kids will be kids. Like, Like, they have, like, a real moment, you know, there of just, like, not killing or not, you know, being afraid, or whatever. Just, just playing some darts, you know, and um, yeah, like that's pretty much, you know, all we get. Like somehow the 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 men of David track them down and even like and even you know call them by name, not not by name, but like call them by like yo, you guys are the stragglers from Pittsburgh, like you know, you guys won't get away this time, like some like 
the like starting of like some like cat and mouse chase, you know? Which yeah, I guess the, like- Yeah, which I guess then like my main question is that like why would they even go after them? You know? Uh they've been slaughtering their men. Okay, so for like revenge, okay, it's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, like, it's a very fair point. They they know them by association of Pittsburgh and they know where they started because of the uh, carnage they've left behind. Right. And it's really cool to see them build a reputation. It is cool. Yeah. Because right. Joel, in the beginning of the story, uh, at least in the beginning of the pan- like uh, post-pandemic kind of deal story, um, he has a small reputation uh, amongst the uh, the smugglers and the underworld of the of the cities and all that. Mm-hmm. He has a reputation amongst them. However, through the through the progression of the story, Joel has a greater reputation because then he defends the dam later. He's the the butcher of from Pittsburgh. Right. Um like David is familiar with them through like Ellie and like Ellie and Joel. Like they know is like, oh, a teenage girl and an older man have been slaughtering dozens of people and infected yeah. like nothing yeah and they build a reputation amongst the antagonists of the games and even the protagonists like uh, tommy's dam like they know joel by the end of his time with them it's really cool super cool yeah i agree uh and then during this you know very video gamey section uh where you're sniping uh unfortunately our boy sam does get bitten uh you know during this whole thing and i think some really powerful like storytelling as well like even so you know post the video game section we just get to a pretty like a pretty decently sized chunk of cutscene where we have henry and joel uh you know reminiscing about harley davidson motorcycles and stuff like that and like henry always wanted to ride one that uh you know just some like nice light hearted banter between joel and henry and ellie whatever and Ellie goes to, to check on Sam, where at this point, we don't really know that he's been bitten, but definitely something's up, you know. Uh, and Sam's talking about, you know, the prospect of, like, is there an afterlife? And, you know, he's afraid of turning into one of those things of the infected. You know, like, it, it is definitely, like, a great way of showing, I feel like, how a little kid would probably start talking when he's trying to hide that something horrible has happened to him. But he doesn't want to say it, but he's just asking questions about it. You know? Like a kid that's scared to die. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's super sad, actually. It's really sad. You know? Like I felt really sad about it when he started talking about like, you know, post death, you know. Like what does Ellie believe? And like, you know, Ellie's like, yeah, like I I guess I kinda don't believe in like, you know, God or like a heaven, you know what I'm saying? Uh and we 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 see that Sam doesn't either, even though Henry has been trying to tell Sam that like that's what happens when you die, whatever. Like it just a little like it was just cool seeing uh, a like pretty like serious, not yeah, like I guess like a pretty serious and you know very like quote unquote like adult conversation being had about honestly this whole scene is pretty cool because like we have the adults talking about like something that you know some kids would talk about per se yeah. or like younger kids and we have the younger kids talking about very serious things 
you know like life and death and all that yeah yeah like i guess i hadn't taken into account right now but like that's a pretty cool comparison there uh and then we get the beautiful scene of ellie giving sam the toy that she stole back uh when they first met and i think that is super powerful you know now that like you know at the end of the day like sam got to spend his last night or last few hours as a human you know in a little bit more comfort than what he would have you know without Ellie. yeah yeah like that's that that's super touching too wake up in the morning henry's cooking some bomb food yo like dang like all right okay bro i see you king all right i see you i see you you know uh and then unfortunately ellie goes to check on sam sam is turned and affected and uh henry refuses to let joel take him out henry does it himself and then kills himself Super sad, like very, very, like serious. That, like even to this day, like this, this is like the fourth, fifth time I've played through that section, and like it still is just like, ah, woof. It like it's, different. it's really heavy. Yeah, it's a very, very such a heavy scene. But um, but yeah. So I guess before we get on to Tommy's damn, like, do you have like any like last thoughts on this scene, or like any any last thoughts on Henry and Sam and all that we just talked about? Um. It's, I don't know. Like, I'm not a storyteller. I, I don't know, like, structure a good story. Right. It just feels like you, they spend a lot of time building up these characters just to throw them away in, a, like, what, two, three hours? About, yeah, 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 about. And, like, I mean, I guess somebody that was advocate, like, I think, like, that's a great way like even though like it seems like a waste of characters per se i think that's not what you... exactly exactly yes yes that like this world doesn't care about sacredy you know like yeah. this world is relentless unforgiving brutal you know and like doesn't care about what the human thinks is important you know like it's super super interesting in that way you know but uh we skip over to it's the summer no which season fall. is it? Fall. This is summer leading into fall. Right. Okay, so fall we got going on right here. We head on to, uh, you know, we're on the way to Tommy's Dam. We're pretty much outside of it. Um, And we definitely see a change in the way Joel and Ellie talk. Like, they're a lot more talkative, you know what I'm saying? And they've seemed to be growing a lot closer to each other, you know? Like, at least, you know, what I was saying last episode, like, they have been, like, showing, like, you know, glimpse and mirror in like little, you know, shades of them growing closer, but it definitely is and feels a lot closer. This specific chapter in Tommy's dam, you know, at least from what I feel like, definitely, you know, but, uh, we get there and, uh, we do have to do this like somewhat annoying thing if it's your first time playing, but having to, you know, oh, you swim around. yeah, like swimming around, getting to the other gate, getting like over to the other side. I remember like when I was first playing through Last of Us, I remember this section being like kind of annoying, you know, but it's it's really quick when you do it like the second, third, fourth time or whatever. Um, so not that big of a deal. And I think the last thing to really like take note of during this first lead up into Tommy's Dam is that Joel does not want to talk about Henry and Sam. Yeah. He's, like, very strict on, like, 
we don't like things happen we move on you know yeah which is a little like well heavy like very heavy it it shows that it really did mess with him yeah yeah definitely definitely and like it it, and like i mean from like uh, obviously you know i've never raised a kid right but like i you know I would consider that probably like like not the best way to go about it, you know, not the best way to go about trauma, I think, you know, like burying inside, you know, and not discussing what is affecting you, you know, like I like, <laughs> you know, what I'm saying like I want to consider that to be like the best things. And I do wonder if this will this specific theme will bleed into part two, like like in terms of like, you know, uh, like I, I wonder if like Ellie will grow up, you know, with developments and with repercussions that were instilled with that line about like things happen we move on we don't talk about you know what 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 hurt us or you know what pain we've been through etc like i'm very curious to see if there's anything that pays off in part two tied directly to that line you know but we shall see so we go in uh oh there's a little weapon that you get which i love the el diablo you know what i'm saying i love that thing i love the el diablo uh, i never use it what i love it it's so good i love it it's it, it like one hits everything for the most part like it's great <laughs> it's, uh th- that's why i don't use it is uh um, i don't know I, I i like to put artificial challenges whenever i play games i, feel I don't that. know i don't know why like it's a lot of the time it's because uh game like games uh don't know like i don't know even on grounded part uh, last of us isn't very difficult so it's like i don't know i'll do uh like i played doom 2016 a pistol only nightmare run damn um uh, last of us part one one time i just did uh pistol only right um and so it feels like it feels like cheating, mm-hmm. even though it's in the game and it says, "Hey, use this gun." Yeah, it's fun. Use the gun, and it's like, "Don't worry about it. Just use the gun." It's like, nah. <laughs> For me, like I more like it because like what whenever I rarely snipe, right? I love bolt action snipers. Like I love the ability to like you know have like all right, Kev, like you have to hit this shot, or else you you you're gonna have to reload like another chamber. And it's gonna take a lot of time. Leave yourself vulnerable. I that's so like that's I think my favorite part about the the uh, Diablo, where like it's a bit of a bolt action esque type of you know uh, pistol, you know. But I like yeah. it. Yeah. And then we finally get introduced to Tommy after seeing him in the first prologue of the game. Uh, he's definitely grown. Uh, Tommy is just cool as hell to me. You know. I don't yeah. know how you feel about Tommy, but like, I think Tommy's a cool dude, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. Like everybody, like a lot of the main characters are all very cool. Like yeah. they do cool things. Like, it, it, I don't know. Maybe it, it just feels like none of them are ever like kind of like dorky characters. Yeah. It's uh, in, um, uh, I don't know. Like, I, you remember Uncharted 2? You remember Jeff? I do remember Jeff. I do remember Jeff. <laughs> like, you had Elena and Chloe and especially Nate that were just super cool. Like, so cool. 
Yeah, like all of them were doing like cool things, and Jeff is Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff is just Jeff chilling. Yeah, Jeff, and uh, since he wasn't important, he got got real quick. He was the cameraman, right? Yeah. Yeah. Jeff yeah. the cameraman. Shot- um, thanks for the opinion, Jeff. Shout out to Jeff one time for. Yeah. <laughs> <Shout out to- laughs> you love to see it. Oh man. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we we go in uh to the compound, you know. We see Maria. I believe her name is right. Maria. Um, I think. I hope. Yes. Yes. I believe. I really hope I'm not. I, you know what? I'm gonna check. But I, I was gonna just wing it and call her Maria for the entire episode. But I just wanna make sure. I believe it's Maria. I'm pretty sure it's Maria too. Um, Tommy's wife, the last of us. Oh, Ashley. It's she's Ashley? she's voiced by Ashley. Ugh, come on. Now. Oh yeah. Come on, guys. I need I need the name. Oh, it it is Maria. Okay, great. Okay, her her name is Maria. I can't confirm. Um. Uh, she is the wife of Tommy. You know, was Joel uh, definitely was not aware of Tommy having a wife, so it's uh, pretty cool to get that there and stuff like that. And like, um, it's it was it was really cool. Like throughout this whole thing. So essentially. You know, they are at the dam. They're trying to get the power on on this specific day. They eventually are are successful at it. But I think what I really want to highlight during this entrance into Tommy's dam is Ellie's reaction to Joel going with Tommy and Joel telling Ellie to stay with Maria. You know, because like it is very clear that like Ellie does not want to do that. You know, Ellie just wants to stay with Joel. You know? Yeah. And, like, I thought that was, like, kind of heartbreaking. Where like, man, like, Ellie's starting to grow, like, really, really connected to Joel, you know? Yeah. And, like, view him uh, as, like... A father a, figure. A, yeah, exactly. Like, a bit of a father figure. Can't be right. A bit of a father figure, <laughs> uh, for sure. And I thought, oh, man, like, that was that was so heartbreaking, kind of. Um, but we go off with Tommy. We're just small talking, talking about the dam, talking about everything. Oh, then the... One of the most heartbreaking things, too, is uh, Tommy saying that he went back home to Texas and went back to their houses and uh, was able to retrieve was able to retrieve a picture of um, Joel and Sarah back in the day. And that one that hurt. would crush me. That, that would crush me. That, oh, God, that would hurt so bad. And Joel just refuses to take it. He goes, now. Nah, wait, is that choice? Can you take it or not take it? I'm pretty sure you – do you just not take it? Uh, I I believe it's a choice. It like, is. Yeah, like it, it's kind of like giving Ellie a high five. Man, like, I wanted to take it, but he just didn't. Um, I don't know. Like, honestly. I forgot. Like, here's a question for you. What do you got? Uh, have you ever had somebody young in your life, like uh, like a little brother or a cousin or something like that, you ever were close to? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I have a little brother. Like, yeah. yeah, like imagine they like they die in your arms, and then twenty years later, you're offered a picture of them. Do you take it? Like, would you take it? <laughs> That's a very good point. That's very, because, hmm. I don't think I would. I don't know. That's a very good point because, like, what I think of, so, like, what jumped to my thought process, right, is like, 
definitely very different circumstances, very different like relationship type of dynamics. But like, if like let's say you were still single like ten years after like you know a like girlfriend of yours died, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And someone offered you a picture of that girlfriend, right? Like, I think like the main thought process that the main thought process that I would have is that like I've made so much progress, hopefully, as a person and gone through the mourning process, you know, and I've mostly healed, you know what I'm saying? If not 100% healed from that heartache and from that trauma and would taking back that picture completely override and negate all of the progress that you made as a person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's kind of like even during a breakup. Yeah. Like, um, like we've all experienced heartache. We've all been broken up with, like been in a breakup situation. Truly. True. Like it's not fun. (laughs) Uh, seeing those pictures, like it's depending on the time frame afterwards is heart, like heart wrenching. Yeah. Like it's especially pictures of like intimacy, like hugging or like being next to each other, like, like intimacy like that. Yeah. It's, it's heart wrenching. Like I, like if, if, you know, like you lose a parent or something like that, somebody you're very close with like family. Right. Like, I don't know. Like it's, it's very, very difficult whether or not I would take it or not, because like you said, it, it'll bring up, it'll unearth a lot. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's it's like I love these tiny little details. Well, this isn't a tiny detail, but like the tiny like world building, character building details that really reinforce and help develop a character and their like personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and like definitely like when you also think about it, like the prospect of like Joel telling Ellie that yeah, like pretty much the last thing the last thing that Tommy ever told me was like I don't want to ever see your fucking face again. You know, yeah. and for for Tommy to still go back home to Texas and grab that picture when he saw it, you know, and hopes that like maybe one day he will be able to give it to Joel. Like, I think that's, that's super powerful too. Like in terms of like, no matter, like, I mean, do you have a brother? Corley? Uh, I have two sisters. Okay. So you could definitely like relate from like a factor of like being a sibling, of course, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But like with me and my little brother, like, we, I mean, like, growing up as well as obviously today, it's def- not like we fight every day ever, really. Like, but yeah. growing up, whatever, like, we would, like, you know, have little bickers and, like, kid fights whatever, and stuff like that. And, like, it's it, it sounds like Joel and Tommy had, like, a pretty big falling out, you know, yeah. in, in terms of, you know, what they went through and everything as brothers. But at least with me and my little brother, whenever there was, like, a little fight in the house over that, like, we had, all we needed was, like, a few hours. And then we were back to chilling, watching Avatar the Last Airbender, playing Black Ops One and just like chilling out. You know what I'm saying? Like my sister and I like I, I've never met one of my sisters. Interesting. It's a it's a long story. Gotcha. But my the sister that I live with or lived with, um we sometimes like we would have like the longest I've gone without talking to her while living in the same house, I think is a month. Dang. Like we have had some pretty big falling outs. Interesting. Um. So it's it's rough. Like I understand uh, that uh, 
Tommy and Joel like situation like very very clearly. Right. Because I could I could put like the whole like the whole thing about games like this, uh, and, like games like these, that make it so different from other experiences that make it worthwhile to honestly watch like it's just like 15 hours of people suffering <laughs> definitely definitely yeah. yeah and like what's also really cool is that like even though like you you could generalize last of us and call it like oh it's just like another zombie game you can call it that but there's a lot there's of tra- so more. there's so much more to like the 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 character's trauma than the pandemic and you know this this outbreak and there's so much more to like their motivations as well you know that that go beyond just the pandemic you know that like i think it's super super unique at least i feel like you know yeah so like yeah the the ability to put yourself in a character's position because the last of us is for better or worse inherently human definitely like if I had to put the like the whole game and it's what I perceive their themes to be, and everything about The Last of Us, it's human. Right. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like what we talked about. Like Joel is not a good person. Right. Like. <laughs> um. And that's something that we don't always see in uh, games, like because a lot of protagonists, like, like oh they're like a super good guy or they're a little rough around the edges but like at their core like good like spider-man and cloud like spidey is a good guy right definitely and cloud is rough around the edges but everybody knows he's just a trying to be tougher than he actually is especially tifa yeah i I love when tifa says completely not last relate but like i love when tifa goes like no cloud like you're you're like not this like tough soldier like you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's all just an act like i i know like who you are so like i think that was like pretty cool as well um but, yeah but joel is yeah. like at his core not very good yeah like pretty, yeah. you yeah pretty even like even in the very beginning of the game like he like, he just like he hardly reacted when he gunned down his neighbor that like, and like even when he turned down like picking up and like helping people on the side yeah. of the road like what sierra was trying to get him to do like yeah definitely like like there there's definitely shades of like selfishness and shades of like you know yeah just not thinking about the well-being of like another person or themselves you know definitely definitely it, yeah so it's it's interesting and like human because not everybody's good right Right. Like, I believe most people are good, but it's also interesting to see a protagonist with these selfish motivations that are like not the pinnacle of their character, but a a, a pillar of their character, for right. lack of a better phrase. Right. Right. So Definitely. it's fun to see. It's interesting to see, and it's it's relatable because, like, lately, like, like, you know let he who is without sin cast the first stone like we are all as humans like we all have done selfish things we all have done things that we're not proud of so it's good to see i don't know it's it's like almost relatable in a way yeah to see these darker shades of human personality in in a character and see that character develop 
I totally get what you mean because like like from a from like a lesser stand well, from like a different standpoint obviously like I think like Nathan Drake as a character gets a lot more interesting with Uncharted 3 and Uncharted 4 than Uncharted 1 and Uncharted 2 you know Where like Nate is just like in Uncharted 1 and 2 like he's just that like adventurer archetype you know quick-witted funny you know this adventure action hero right then we get to Uncharted 3 where where he starts yelling at Sully for for Sully questioning like what is this all for you know and then we get you know Nathan Drake in Uncharted 4 where he straight up lies to Elena and goes behind her back and like you know like it's it's where we start to see like the cracks in a perfect hero that I think make that make that hero more grounded and more human. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. And Druckmann was a like a big part of uh, Uncharted Four's story. I Precisely. Believe. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. So, yeah, like I love his storytelling. I like. I am interested to see where Part Two takes us. Definitely. But like, yeah, no. After letting uh, the leaks sit and marinate for a lack of a better word i love saying the word marinate for like thoughts yeah. most people yeah. get like what are you talking about like no like that definitely makes sense like yeah that makes sense like yeah <laughs> i um i've kind of like shaken off the it's like yeah sure i got the story ruined and sure i got these major beats ruined that i've been waiting for and yeah okay maybe it's a little ruined for me <laughs> but <laughs> i'm still excited like i wasn't like we talked about it a few weeks ago like i wasn't excited very much anymore right but like after after just reading some of the tweets and hearing people's thoughts on the whole matter like you and uh, the members of our discord like owen and tajay and uh just seeing everybody's thoughts and perspectives on everything going on it's like i'm excited to see the journey even though i know where it goes right and Definitely. I feel like that's a testament to Druckmann's writing and the team at Naughty Dog. Like I'm, I'm excited to see what they do, and I will be going in with an open mind. And it's like, I like playing part one has really made me appreciate the journey. Mm. Like it's, I I have a newfound appreciation for the game as because like we've mentioned multiple times on the podcast growing up and developing as a human being like i was a kid when i played i was immature i was hot-headed i thought hey like you know just like beat everybody up and that's cool and that's all you need Uh, but being an adult has really made me appreciate these very human like elements in a game that makes you think about things that you may not originally have thought of or are not comfortable thinking of right right which is which is interesting and that's not something you always get especially in a game that doesn't have choices like uh, fundamental choices like a telltale game or a quantic dream game like this is a linear storytelling game that makes you think about its tiny details as much as its major centerpieces of storytelling Mm, very very true very very true uh, but you know, then we uh, of course <clears throat> go through the compound of uh, Tommy's camp. You know, it's just some s- small talk with Tommy. We get to the generator room seemingly, 
and they're able to turn on the power throughout the camp, which which is re- really cool to see that. Um, but I think something that I didn't I didn't really pick up on is that like not only does the dam power the dam itself, but also the community that we see, you know, at the end of this section. You know, I yeah. guess I never really considered that. Oh shoot! Like they're not only trying to power this dam facility, but like also down there in the big town. Like, like it's pretty cool to see that too. Like, oh man! Like, all right. Like, really, really neat stuff. You know. Um, yeah. I, I don't know why I didn't pick up on that till this playthrough, but oh well. Uh, so uh, that all happens, and then the dam gets attacked by some. Uh, I keep wanting to call them stragglers, but you know the word. Uh, uh, Us. God. Great. Raiders. Raiders, yeah, yeah, I guess you know what I'm saying. Like they attack the dam. We go into this whole combat section. You know, pretty cool. Like I guess like this this section like I guess was an excuse to give them a little bit of uh, you know combat. Not I guess bad. yeah, and some gameplay. You know, yeah, uh, but, to break it up. Yeah, but right right before this attack, we get a really interesting cutscene between Joel and Tommy, where Joel is telling him, "Listen, this girl Ellie, uh, she's immune." I've seen it from my own eyes. I've seen her breathe in. I think he says, like, I've seen her breathe in the amount of spores that would kill 15 men, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, he and insinuates that he's going to show Tommy the bite that Ellie has where, like, Joel's like, I can even show you as well. Like, you know? Um, uh, and then begins this little bit of an argument where, you know, interestingly, like, Tommy has a quote where, like, Tommy says that, you know, he has nightmares from those times of Joel and Tommy just being alone trying to survive. Like, yeah. very interesting stuff. Like, I wonder what, like, Joel kind of made Tommy do or what they had to do to survive. You know, like, you got to think to, like, back when, uh, you know, Joel hints at him being on the other side of that, like, scheme that was in Pittsburgh, you know, of, like, faking that you're an injured person and them attacking is and people and like scavenging them and stuff like that like i wonder if that's what he's he's talking about in in terms of like the nightmares that tommy has like about those years with joel you know very very interesting stuff there and then i love when uh also when like joel says like uh like he calls tommy like boy but like in like a in a very like uh, like how I phrase this. No, no, like, uh, like in a very like Texas Demeaning. accent type of oh. way. Like, I forgot what exactly he says. Like, oh, like don't play with me, boy, or like, or something like that. Like, that's very yeah. like that. Like, we've never heard him say that, but it makes sense when you bring up those like, those uh, those older brother, younger brother, like feel exactly. Yeah, and like from where they were, where they lived in Texas, like that type of you know way of speaking like it definitely shone out right there and i think that it wouldn't have shown if it if he wasn't talking with tommy exactly like i think that was a really really cool detail of like to show a little bit of like joel's past and like how joel is as a as a as a essence from his home you know back in texas that was pretty cool the dm gets attacked you know i'm saying um after that very intense scene with tommy they go straight into like I love that line where, like, Tommy goes, like, hey, like, you still know how to kill, you know? And Joel goes, like, yeah, I do know how to kill. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. I thought that was a really neat detail as well. Uh, we go to this whole, you know, combat sequence, whatever. Uh, at the end of it, we, we finally see Marie, I'm sorry, Maria and Ellie. Ellie is, like, shook, talking about, oh, my God, like, dude busted in with a shotgun, broke 
broke the glass. Ah, da, da. You know, she's very talking, just like a very like pumped up kid with like adrenaline. You know, super cool. Yeah. Um, Tommy's looking at the way Joel is talking to Ellie. Tommy turns to Maria because listen, we got to talk about something. You know, because in because the whole essence of the conversation that Joel and Tommy had was that Joel wants Tommy to finish the job and take Ellie to the Fireflies. Because yeah. he because number one, he knows where they are, and number two, he feels that Tommy will be a better, better Yeah, exactly. Like a better means of getting there safely, you know. Which I guess like do you have anything else that you read in to Joel saying that? Like, do you think like it comes from a place of, you know, Joel just not being confident in himself? Or what do you think? Like I don't. I don't think it's a self confidence issue as much as it is just like a. We get Sarah. We get what happened to Sarah, and then we get, uh, Joel saying, "Hey, take her," because like you said, like he's very comfortable or getting to be comfortable with her, towards yeah. the beginning of fall, and then we're like we're reminded again of what happened to the last time Joel was uh, emotionally invested. And someone like Sarah, because it was Sarah, it's like Ellie is reminiscent of that thing that he lost. Right. So it's it feels like a like a defense mechanism in a way. It's like oh yeah, instead of dealing with the the trauma, I'll just avoid the trauma. Right. Right. Very very well put. Very well put. Yeah. I think that like we see here that like for the first time like Joel is like admittedly saying that like. He can't take the thought of losing Ellie. Yeah. At this point, you know, like he can't do it, you know, and we will see more of that at the very end of the game when he really can't take losing Ellie, you know, like he, it really shows at at the end of the game as well, but like, it's a great, like kind of like foreshadow when you think about it in that manner of like, you know, it seems like Joel is trying to protect himself from seeing Ellie, you know, lost forever you know in a in a type of death way of course um uh, but then we get to tommy talking to maria about you know this whole thing and maria is definitely not not down for it and then tommy puts the foot down and goes listen like that's my brother i have to do this like uh, this is not it's it's shifted from a from asking you to just telling you at this point you know yeah um and then maria you know just has a little pass to like has a little has a little line to Joel saying look if anything happens to him it's on you you know and then if we get word that Ellie has well Ellie was trying to ask Joel like what are they talking about you know and then Joel was just like I'll tell you later I'll talk about later whatever you know and just walks off in the in like a bit of a like frustration you know uh and then we get word that Ellie stole one of the horses and just rides off into the woods you know um so uh, Joel and Tommy go after her on horse. We cut through the beautiful forest. You know, some really cool looking, looking vibes and cool looking scenic views that we get. A, a little bit of gameplay here where we gotta take out some guys uh, at like an abandoned, like almost like lodge type of deal. You know, it kind of looks like yeah. something like that. Yeah, just just like a little short section right there. We get to this really really beautiful looking house. Uh, in the woods in like a farm looking type of I believe setting and then we get straight up or at least straight up one of my favorite cutscenes in gaming 
Oh yeah, yeah. One of my favorite cutscenes in gaming here. This whole thing is beautiful. I love this scene to death. You know, like yeah, th- this is up there with the other cutscene that we talked about with Uncharted Four, uh, when Elena and Nate, you know, find the dining hall of the other pirates, you know, under Avery's command, you know, yeah. and they're all dead. Like I, I like that cutscene and this one are just like so good, so good. But but you get this heartbreaking cutscene uh when, you know, Joel goes up to confront Ellie about, you know, why'd you run away up, you know, just like, come on, we gotta go, I don't whatever. Uh and then Ellie admits that like if 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 she has to continue on without Joel, she doesn't want to do it, and she's scared, and she and she doesn't like the prospect of Joel giving her the Tommy to finish off this journey, you know. Like it's so heartbreaking. I don't know. It's oh god. What do you think about it? What do you think? Like, um, like you said, uh, it is masterful storytelling it is one of my favorite cutscenes in the game mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it like there is there's only like one or two other instances of greater uh demonstration of these two characters coming together and connecting in this game right which which is what we all love in this game like we don't play for the combat we don't play for anything like that we played for the characters and we played for the uh the development between these characters that we have so come to care for and this is where the game like i was already hooked like my first playthrough i was already hooked by this game at at this point but what really this is the part that really sold the i want joel and ellie to be closer like I want them to be friends. I want them to be like partners and stuff like that. Right. And I want them to be like what the other was missing. Like Ellie wanted someone she could trust after, after what happened to Riley and Joel needed something else to help stabilize him and bring him down to earth. And these two are like a perfect fit and an imperfect world. Yes. Yes. And something, okay. Completely, uh, you know, sidetracking when that I forgot to mention until just now that I want to make sure we just get out there before we continue on to the end portion of this whole thing. Um, when you first get into Tommy's camp, Joel's like, how did, did you know how to ride a horse, Ellie? Like she, he questions, you know, how did, how does she know how to ride a horse? And she name drops Winston from the comics that we, Ooh. yeah. Did you get that a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, ooh, I know that. Like, I know that reference. Like, the, the, like, meme. I was like, oh, man, like, I know that. That was great. That was beautiful. Yeah, so really cool that we um did the comics right before this uh this this little Let's Play. You know, definitely uh definitely good timing there. But, um uh yeah, you know, this this cutscene is one of my favorite cutscenes in gaming. It's absolutely great. It's heartbreaking, you know, to, like, have Ellie just be super honest, you know, to, to Joel. And all that. And then um, I love when Ellie starts to bring up Sarah. Joel goes, you are treading on mighty thin ice here. Like, I love that line. I love that line. And the delivery, like, and the shake and quiver in his voice. Like, it's so good. Troy Baker, 10 out of 10 for this scene. Troy Baker. 10. What a guy. What a guy. 
you know. Troy Baker also broke my heart because um, they uh, Troy Baker and I think the head of Marvel Games, uh, like the head of Marvel Games, like tweeted at Troy Baker or replied to him saying it's like, oh, you truly are a man without fear. As like, hmm. Hmm. And then, like, a day later, he was like, oh, we're not making a Daredevil. We're not making a Daredevil game. We were just, uh, we want to, but we're not. So don't get your hopes up. It's like, fuck. Tragic. <laughs> Tragic. <laughs> Tragic. Like, give me what I want. Actually, a little complete side note. I, I think I've told you, but uh, tomorrow on JoyClicks, I'm playing uh, Deadpool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So we're going we're gonna to um, see how that goes. We're going to see how have, that goes. Have fun. <laughs> That doesn't sound that doesn't sound convincing. Oh man. Uh I guess we'll see how that goes. But um <laughs> But yeah. then uh the conversation gets cut short with Tommy saying, Hey yo, we got we got baddies down on the first floor. We gotta handle this. Right? So we do a little bit more killing there, you know. Uh as we do. Yeah, as we do, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we exit the house. Ellie is definitely just straight face, just I don't wanna talk. Like, I hate both of you pretty much. Like, I'm sick of this. I uh, I just wanna draw a lot out, yeah, whatever. And then we get, you know, a nice little kind of montage of them going towards Tommy's settlement, the actual town. Um, and then uh, we get glimpses of, like, Joel taking a little bit of a stare at Ellie. Like, man, like, is this the right decision? Like, should I, like, really do this? You know, like, just, just can, like, have Tommy finish this job. Like, like should I do this, whatever, you know? And then um, at the end of the whole entire section that we are on this week... Uh, we get, you know, the beautiful just like, all right, you know what, Tommy, I'm going to take this horse if you don't mind if I do. Uh, Ellie, get on this horse with me. Let's let's do this. And so then uh, Tommy gives him the the location of the Firefight Lab from what he last known knew. Obviously, you know, we uh, figure out later on that it's not the exact location of the lab anymore. But uh, it's, it's northeastern Colorado, I think is what the college is called. Right? What is it again? Do I don't recall. It's it's like northeast something. I forget if I'm wrong. I'm sorry about that, but uh, because Joel makes a comment like go whatever the mascot is for that school. So I presume it's a real school. I think, or probably not. No, probably not. It's probably not a real school, like in the U.S. Maybe not. They'll been lit if they're like, hey, yo, you know, it's in uh the uh, science building at Arizona State University. You know what I'm saying, like. Haha, <laughs> go Sun Devils. Well, yeah. So the uh, set, the scene ends there, and the section for this week ends there. So overall, you know, before we close out, do you have any last things that you want to get off your chest about this section? Anything you want to bring up that we that we forgot to? Any and all thoughts, my good sir. I think this is the slowest segment of yeah. a playthrough like um it's it's like i don't know what to call it like it's not like it, it's like a filler episode kind of i can see that yeah because because i think like the main things you get from this are very much like um set up it's i feel for, like yeah it's it's all set up like we got some character building we got some memorable moments yeah because but yeah because definitely yeah. next week we have a very long section i think 
Yeah, and it, it's a lot. It's be. A lot of things go down. Yeah, a lot happens next week for sure. Yeah, so I guess you're right. Yeah, like it's it's at least I think filler and like not necessarily a negative, but it's just like you know just like a not not a lot of action or like not yeah. a lot of things happen in this, but they are necessary in terms of like flushing out the characters and flushing out the story and setting up what's happening next week and the week after where we close yeah. out Last of Us. Yeah. Yeah, you got to tee up before you head it out of the park. For sure. For sure. Because, ooh, we got some good stuff. We got some really, really good stuff with that for the next few episodes, for sure, to end that Last of Us. Um, but, yep, that has been that. That has been uh, this week's section. We went over, of course, the suburbs, the sewers, and Tommy's Dam. Arachnite, where can people find you? I am on the uh, PlayStation Source Discord. Uh, everybody, like a good chunk of us, are very active every day. Uh, I'm always on there. Like we're talking about different topics every day. All things Last of Us, all things PlayStation. Like what we're playing. Like even things that aren't like necessarily PlayStation related. Like we, you know, we just talk about, you know, things in gaming that we love and things that we're interested in and any questions that we have. Like a lot of screenshot dumps of games we're playing, which I love to see. Like, um. I'm on Twitter at uh, Orly underscore Macias. It'll be in the description. Mm -hmm. But if you're listening to this, like not on YouTube, if you're just listening to this, it's O-R-L-Y underscore M-A-C-I-A-S. Tag me in your gaming screenshots. I love that stuff. Like, uh, I love seeing what people can do with uh, photo mode, uh, with games that support photo mode, or just like, you know, things that they find interesting in games like concept art and anything like that. Like, Tag me in that stuff. I love it. Like, uh, I'd love to talk about games. I, I love all things video games. I love comic books and movies and stuff like that. So I'd love to talk to anybody about any of that stuff. So, yeah, like, you can find me on those platforms. And, uh, yeah, that's about it for me. Mm, very, very good stuff. And, uh, of course, you know, link down below in the description to Orly's. Links as well as our PlayStation Stories Discord links where you can go and check, not Discord links, our links, where one of them is a Discord link. Definitely join that community. Definitely cool environment. You know, a lot of people talking there. Very, very good stuff. As well as our Twitter at PSWords Vids and as well as our anchor link. If you'd like, if you'd like to listen to the show on a podcast format, like that of course being, uh, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcast, Google Play Podcast, but hey, Spotify. I saw that you bought the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm officially saying Road to Part 2 and any other Road 2 content is up for purchase. If you'd like to make a deal with me, look, all right. Look, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you would like to buy the exclusivity podcast rights, Spotify hit your boy up. <laughs> God, can you imagine the price tag on the Joe Rogan podcast? That's of cost, bro. Uh, I think they're doing just fine. However, oh my god! I mean, they, I would—they got would. my monthly payments. So. Oh man! I mean, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast on Apple Podcasts, so I'm gonna have to, unfortunately, scheme on over to Spotify by the end of next year. I'm sorry, oh, by you, the end of the year. Oh, you use Apple Music? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on. I'm on the right side of the war. <laughs> uh, dog, they don't have the Sonic soundtracks on Apple Music, so I don't want to hear that. Um, I mean, I'm gonna have to, you know, get Spotify for Joe Rogan, of course. But uh, we'll see. They got we'll that. They got that student discount. 
They do, I mean, so is Apple Music, to be fair. So do they. Yeah, so they, well, yeah. I sleep. <laughs> well, uh, that has been uh, a Road to Part 2 episode in the books. Episode 36. Much love to everyone that has been supporting the series as we dwindle on over towards Last of Us Part 2. Thank you for watching. Make sure to leave a like on the podcast if you enjoyed it, as well as stay subscribed to the PlayStation Store to keep up with Lace and Grace and PlayStation. Thank you for watching, and as always, greatness, greatness awaits. awaits. See you guys. See ya.